is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Monday, the 14th day of August. We are halfway through August. Oh, I was talking about, uh, talking to some of the, well, one particular young lady who graduated from high school last spring, and she has to report to college this weekend coming up, and uh, just hard to believe we're back to school already the the summer summer feels like it just got started and now it's going away so it's a it's a time flying thing um just hard to believe and uh and uh talking to the young lady's mom at church yesterday and and uh um you know she's they're about to be empty nesters. This is their youngest going off to college. And uh, it just, it's, it's times, life moves on and times change. And it just, it's one of those things that, that constantly can, can knock you off your feet because it seems to come suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, as change often does, you anticipate it, you look forward to it, and when it arrives, it is stunning in the rapidity of it. Um, even though you think you're ready, you're not. So, yeah, um, everybody who's getting ready to go back to school this fall, we need to keep them in our prayers and keep the staffs and faculty of the schools, especially the... Uh, the Christians among the staffs and faculty, um, greatly outnumbered and beset, at least in the public schools. Um, and don't forget to pray for the homeschoolers, pray for the Christian schools. Um, I have friends at several Christian schools and just uh, praying for their needs and praying for their steadfastness in the face of an ungodly culture. Oh, all right. This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and anything else I want to talk about. We webcast at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to Christian Podcast Community. Dot com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. Mm. And just to answer a question that I've gotten in the past, um, the uh, that ChristianPodcastCommunity.com, which I, is the one I give out because it's the easiest one to remember, uh, ChristianPodcastCommunity.org also works. But both of those URLs are redirects, 
and it will send you to the Striving for Eternity website podcast page because Striving for Eternity is the the umbrella ministry over the Christian podcast community. So that I've had I had somebody uh, not too long ago ask me, is this the right website? This isn't the URL you gave out. So yeah, that's the right website. So just be aware of that. Excuse me. All right. What do we got coming up today? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And it is Monday, so we have Monday meanderings. Let us begin, as is our practice, with the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ by John MacArthur. Jesus on genuine truthfulness is our devotion this morning. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil, Matthew 5, 37. Dr. MacArthur writes, Keeping your word is the mark of a genuine worshiper and demonstrates that you, as a child of God, hate lies. Everything in God's kingdom is sacred, and all truth is his truth. So truth has no degrees or shades. Thus, even what seems to be the most minor false statement dishonors God's name. The Lord has never had any standard other than absolute truthfulness. He wants every one of us to possess truth in the innermost being. Psalm 51.6 And it follows that lying lips are abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 12.22 Because God has the ultimate criterion of complete truthfulness, even our most routine conversations should be truthful and dependable in every detail. Our everyday talk ought to be plain and straightforward, uncluttered by qualifiers, exaggerations, or hedges on the truth. Our word must be as good as our bond or as any vow or oath we ever make. James' admonishment agrees with Jesus' teaching. But above all, brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. James 5.12 Ask yourself, truth and honesty will never be your default setting until you pursue it deliberately spending your words carefully and keeping your word completely. 
In what particular areas of your life is it hardest for you to keep your promises? Hmm. I think that probably hits a little too close to home for most of us, doesn't it? Um, all right. Well, it is Monday, so it's Monday meanderings. And uh, there's been a lot of news on the Biden and Trump fronts and all the, the, um, the corruption of the, the evidence of corruption in the Biden thing. There's been a special prosecutor appointed and, and Trump is apparently going to be indicted again. Um, and as I said last week, if you, if you don't understand that none of the indictments of Trump would be happening if he wasn't running for president, <laughs> you don't understand the situation. But I said last week that I was not going to have another discussion of this on Monday meandering. And so we're not going to. We're going to pass it by. There's plenty of other sources you can look to to figure out what's going on. Um, the, the, it, it is a, a dire time in our nation's political system. But we can ignore it for a week because what I want to talk about is the Maui fires. Um, I mentioned at the end of last week that I had not been paying attention to the news um, all week long. I had been deliberately avoiding the news and current events other than, you know, the headlines every morning just to know, you know, is there something I need to pay massive attention to? And so I hadn't really been aware of the fires until the end of the week. And, but over the weekend, I have looked at pictures and video and read articles and, and just been heartbroken at what I have seen. Now, I have never been to Hawaii. <laughs> um, the, the Alaska and Hawaii are the only two states I have not visited. Um, and I've only been to Canada and Mexico outside of the United States. So I've never, you know, I'm not a world traveler <laughs> by any means. Um, I have hopes of going to, to Europe, England especially, at some point. And I have hopes of visiting Hawaii. Um, I, uh, I grew up watching Hawaii Five O, and then my, my all-time favorite television show is Magnum P.I. from the 80s. And uh, so I've, I've watched, you know, every episode of Magnum P.I. multiple times, and the original Hawaii Five-0, I remember enjoying immensely. Um, and I, I think I've got the first, se first season on DVD. I know I've got the, at least one of the seasons of the original Hawaii Five-0. Um, haven't seen all of the the remake of Hawaii Five O. I've enjoyed what I saw. Um, I thought the cast was good. I thought the writing was good, but at the same time, it wasn't Hawaii Five O. <laughs> um, same thing with the new Magnum PI. I've only ever seen the pilot, um, and the guy may be a terrific actor, but he's not Magnum. Um, when I heard originally that they were making a remake of Magnum P.I., 
the premise I heard at that point was that it was going to be Magnum's daughter, Lily, from the original series, who was now a private eye. And she would have been in her mid-30s and, you know, lovely young lady of mixed Anglo-French-Vietnamese heritage would have just been gorgeous. And, you know, that it, it had potential. And you had the opportunity for, you know, if you remember the last episode of Magnum P.I., Thomas Magnum re-enlists, and, or re-enlists, he was, you know, uh, re-upped. He went back into the Navy because uh, he was an officer. Um, I think he was a lieutenant commander. I'm not sure what his rank was. Um, but of course the whole, the whole story was that he had, he had been a Navy SEAL and then Navy intelligence, um, in Vietnam and all of that. And then he, uh, you know, got out, became a private investigator. And at the end of the series, he goes back into the Navy. So you would have had, you know, the possibility of, of Tom Selleck guest appearances as Admiral Magnum, you know, maybe head of naval intelligence at Pearl, you know, so he would have had, you know, to, to help his daughter out. And and she would have been the private investigator. Uh, and so that would have been, that was the original idea that I heard. And I thought that would have been great. But uh, doing a complete reboot, um, I don't know. I suppose it works. I, I like I said, I've only ever seen one episode. Maybe that's maybe that's something I ought to, you know, check out uh, watching. But we don't have TV, so uh, we have a couple of streaming services, and and Magnum PI is not on any of the streaming services that we have. So I have not watched any of it, other than the first episode which I believe was offered free on iTunes. I think that's how I ended up, or free on Apple TV. I think that's how I ended up watching it. Um, and like I said, it, it had potential, but the guy just isn't Magnum. Um, and I don't know, I wasn't in charge of the casting. I'm not in charge of the writing. Um, it, it, and I love the original series so much that I haven't really wanted to watch the new one. Um, But I say all of that to say that I've always had dreams of Hawaii. You know, I mean, when I was a teenager, that just looked like the great, greatest place to be. You know, the weather's always nice. You know, the, the, you got the beach, you got the mountains. You've got, you know, beautiful forests to walk through, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it always, you know, looked like a great place to hike, a great place to hang out on the beach. You know, of course, and then, then I learned, you know, then you grow up and you see the cost of living and you realize why you have no intention of ever uh, living on Hawaii or, you know, and, and you're reluctant to even visit 
because it's like for what it would cost for a week in Hawaii, I could spend a month in England. Um, just saying, <laughs> um, but and be that as it may, I've always had a, an affection for Hawaii. If you can have an affection for a place you've never been, um, and I think for for anybody who lives in the winters of Montana, the the allure of tropical islands and palm trees is always strong. Now. The only tropics I have ever experienced has been Florida. And in Florida, you have serious humidity. Um, if you're down in, in South Florida, the Keys, you know, it is muggy and hot. The, the whole Caribbean basin is that way. My understanding is that Hawaii has always been drier. It doesn't have that skyrocketing humidity that you have in Florida while at the same time having you know very nice weather high 70s in the winter low 80s in the summer and there's always a sea breeze so watching the 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 news coming out of Maui and the fires and the devastation it's a it's a sad sad thing and the the death toll is rising and it's going to rise much faster. So what do we know at this point? The fires began in the middle of the night last Tuesday. And there were there was a category 4 hurricane called Dora that passed south of Maui. It didn't make landfall, and it it didn't hit Maui with the the hurricane rains or anything, but it really caused high winds. And my understanding is that Maui has been suffering drought conditions for a few years, and so the vegetation was very dry. So in the middle of the night on Tuesday night, Cause unknown, but the speculation that I'm seeing is that, that it was sparks from power lines, possibly a power pole blown over by the high winds, although the winds weren't that high. Um, could have just been, you know, a transformer going out. Can't blame a squirrel because there are no squirrels in Hawaii. It's another reason why I wouldn't live there. Um, so there's, there's no squirrels. Obviously, there are critters that could have gotten into a power transformer or something but something caused a spark and and at this point the cause is unknown but a fire was lit and it was lit east of town well high winds from this hurricane drove the fire rapidly westward into the town of Lahaina. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's L-A-H-A-I-N-A, -A -A, Lahaina, or Lahaina. And that town had been totally destroyed by Wednesday morning. So this happened rapidly in the middle of the night. Um, 
The Guardian newspaper says Lahaina, which was established in the 1700s and was once the capital of the Hawaiian kingdom, has been decimated. Leafy streets lined with, lined with art galleries and shops have been singed beyond recognition. At least 2,200 buildings, including homes, schools, and places of worship, have been destroyed or damaged in the fires, officials say, um, including the very first church that was ever established in the Hawaiian Islands was in that town of Lahaina, and it has been destroyed. The building, not the church. Remember, the church is not the building. But that historic building has been destroyed. And I, I've watched videos and seen pictures and stuff all weekend, and it looks like the set of a post-apocalyptic movie. The streets are lined with, you know, burned-out husks of buildings, and scattered around it are burnt-out cars. Um, honestly, it brought to mind the, the scenes of the post-nuclear strike Los Angeles from the Terminator movies. Just the the everything's burnt. There's ash everywhere. Um, you know there are some some stone and concrete building walls still there. All the windows are gone. All the floors are gone. All the roofs are gone. And then the the houses are you know just piles of ash. And like I said, the the you know burnt out trees and and it just you know very 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 devastated. Um, I once remember driving through Detroit and thinking it looked like a zombie movie set because you have just empty houses and empty buildings everywhere, whole neighborhoods are abandoned. Um, but the buildings are intact. The pictures out of Lahaina are just devastating. You know, it's ash and, and, you know, some of the cars look, look downright melted. Of course, they probably are because so much of it, of the car bodies are plastic these days. Um, you know, just blasted gray metal, all the paint gone, covered in ash, you know, seats are gone, steering wheels are gone, anything that was cloth or plastic is just gone. Um, and it's just just really eerie. And I was I was watching a video just this morning of uh, there was a CBS camera crew walking the streets, and it's just like wow. And uh, several articles I looked at. Um, had before and after satellite images of the town, and and it's devastating, just devastating. Now the the death toll has reached ninety six as of this morning. Um, obviously, it's still very early in the morning in Hawaii, and uh, the the search efforts will resume. Uh, I assume when daylight comes. The, the death toll, like I said, stands at 96, but the search is just beginning. Um, the uh, 
Um, I think they've they've searched less than five percent of the area, and they've already reached ninety six. The what what has um, oh increased the death toll was the fact that this hit in the middle of the night. Most people are in bed. And the extensive warning sirens that are apparently throughout the Hawaiian Islands to warn of tsunamis and, and earthquakes and you know anything else like that. I mean, they're, they're volcanic islands. They have natural disasters. Um, this is not, not the first time I've seen a town destroyed in the news in Hawaii. Um, but it's been, you know, the slow progress of a, of a lava flow, <laughs> um, not the rapid, you know, blast of a wildfire. Um, but the death toll is, you know, it hit in the middle of the night. For some reason, the sirens didn't sound. They were either not activated or the system was was already down because of the fire. Um, you know, if they, if they had lost electricity, the sirens aren't going to sound. Um, I imagine now, um, in hindsight, you know, these sirens will now have battery backups and stuff so that they can sound without the power being on. Um, but just a devastating thing. Now, that was a fuel load. Um, my understanding is that something caused the fire and it got into dried grasses, which have overtaken abandoned sugarcane fields. Apparently the, the sugarcane was the big industry there for many, many years. And the sugarcane production ended, you know, eight, 10 years ago. And so these fields, which were routinely harvested year after year, have just been allowed to grow wild with grass. And so the, the, the grass is not, you know, mowed or cared for or anything. And it, it, they apparently had drought conditions for the last little while and so these fields are full of you know a heavy fuel load of dry grass now one of the most devastating fires in recent memory in australia was a huge grass fire um and i think that and and we've seen in our area um large grass fires in Washington and in Canada that have choked our air with smoke more than once. Not this year, but in past years. Grass fires burn hot, they burn fast. And when you add to that these winds that have been whipped up by this hurricane that passed south of them, you you have 
you know, a rapidly spreading fire that got driven into a hundred plus year old town, 200 years, goes back to the 1700s, 200 year old town that's mostly wooden structures. Yeah. And, and so it flashed through the town again, driven by these winds. Um, and my understanding was that these were hot, dry winds just because of the where they were coming, the direction they were coming from and everything. And like I said, the Pacific Islands don't have the humidity of, of the Caribbean Islands. So the, the, these winds whipped this fire into town. And I, it, it, it must have been you know, akin to the firebombing of Tokyo or the firebombing of Dresden in Germany during World War II. Um, just this uncontrolled fire that you couldn't escape from. And some of these, apparently this, the island of Maui or the county where Lahaina is in, I'm not sure which, um, they only have like 65 firefighters. Um, because it's, and, and as somebody said over the weekend, Hawaii's out in the middle of nowhere as far as getting help. Um, when we have fires in Western Montana, we get crews from Washington, Oregon, California, Idaho, that come in and help fight the fires. And, and our firefighters here in Montana get sent to California and Arizona and Idaho to fight fires there. There's a, a huge network of interstate cooperation to fight fires. Well, you can't just throw a bunch of firefighters in a truck and drive to Hawaii. Um, and, and even, you know, even if you get to Hawaii, then you got to get from Oahu to Maui, you know, I mean, you could load up a plane and fly to Hawaii, but then you got to get from Oahu to Maui. Just the, the, the time it would take to get the help there means, you know, it's going to be help to rebuild. It's not going to be help to fight the fire because you're just not going to get there in time to help the fire. Not something moving this fast, which a, a grass fire was moving. And I've... Fires move fast. They move really fast. Um, wasn't that long ago, we had a fire right across the interstate. And I remember standing on my porch. We were packed up and ready to evacuate. We were um, on alert. <laughs> they, had, they had issued the official alert that, hey, we might call you, excuse me, we might call you and tell you to evacuate. So we were packed up. We had our bug out bags ready to go. We had, you know, Darby's travel cage was ready. We were, we were ready to bug out. Um, and, you know, thankfully we didn't have to do that. But there for a while we were concerned. And fires move quick. And... But, you know, so this was a, a grass fire pushed by high winds. And it did devastating damage. Um, 
it's it's definitely going to be one of the worst disasters, if not the worst disaster, that the Hawaiian Islands have faced, at least since they were, you know, an American territory or state. Um, so this is going to be a long road to recovery, but recovery will happen. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how many, uh, you know, what the death toll is finally. It's going to be, like I said, if, if, they're, if they're at 5% of the search area and they're already at 96 confirmed dead, it's going to be bad. Um, it's going to be bad. One of the, they're, they're asking people who are missing family members to provide DNA because the bodies that have been found have been burnt so bad. There's no other way to identify them. Um, it's going to be bad, but in all of this, we can trust that God is sovereign and God has a purpose. Um, and, and so, you know, trust in the Lord, lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. And, and know that, well, Romans eight twenty eight. we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. He has a purpose in this. We may never know what that is, this side of heaven. Um, but we can say that about pretty much most of human history. <laughs> you know, why, you know, why did you have, you know, Mongol hordes sweeping across the Eastern Asia, the, the Eastern and Western Asian plains? You know, why did the Black Death ravage Europe? Why, you know, why did World War II happen? I mean, there's, you know, whether it's, whether it's, you know, natural evil, you know, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, etc., wildfires, or whether it's moral evil, the Holocaust, um, the Mongolian hordes, you know, the, the, you know, the robbery at the corner store where the, the store owner gets shot. Whatever, you know, is it natural evil or moral evil? God has a purpose in it. And his purpose is good. And and that's something that we can hold on to even when we don't know what the purpose is. And as I say, you can look back through history and there's all sorts of horrible events, both natural and man-made. And you can look at that and you can think, why did God allow this? And quite often, we don't know. And we won't this side of heaven. But we do know God. And we know God is good. We know God is sovereign. You know, I mean, he is, I mean, you can't read the Old Testament and the accounts of, you know, the, the, um, times of drought and famine 
which the scriptures clearly say came from God as judgment on this or that people for this and that purpose. You can't, you know, read the Old Testament and the accounts of invasions of armies that God clearly says, I brought them here for my purposes. And not understand that that's all still happening. It's just that we don't have prophets telling us why the war in Ukraine is happening. We don't have prophets telling us why the coup in Niger is happening. And we can go all around the globe and look at, you know, earthquakes, wildfires, um, all of these things. And we don't know God's purpose. But we know that he has one. And we know from Scripture that he is in charge of all of this. Nothing is catching him by surprise. Nothing is happening apart from his decree. And to understand that, that he has a, a will and a purpose, his purpose is ultimately good. I think I'm, I mentioned last week that, that it, uh, um, no, how did I put it? I can't think of it now. Just my, my mind just went blank. But basically it's that a world redeemed from evil brings God more glory than a world that never experienced evil. And because we know that everything is for our good and his glory. Now, in the face of any tragedy, now is the time to offer comfort. Now is the time to comfort the afflicted, to search the rubble, to bury the dead, to begin rebuilding. Later, we can search for meaning. Later, we can, you know, forensically examine all the whys and wherefores. And, and certainly, you know, my, my analysis of the fire so far may be totally wrong. But from what I read, you know, something caused a fire in heavy, dry grass that was driven by high winds into a city built of wood. I don't think we can, you know, <laughs> that's, that's going to be pretty much the physical mechanics of it. I don't see how it's anything different. Now we can find out what caused the fire. We can find out why the warning sirens didn't work. We can find out all of this. But that won't change the fact that it happened. And that, you know, often placing blame, especially in an instance like this where it's not, you know, I mean, if it's a man-caused fire, then yes, whoever caused the fire is criminally liable. Um, and that's true you know, I mean, recent fire in California was started at a homeless camp. And so you can, you can trace that all the way back to, uh, you know, the, the governor's office in California and their policy toward the homeless and all the way back to the Biden administration and their policy towards immigration because it was a camp of homeless migrants <laughs> that started the fire. And so we, we, we can, you know, 
place all that blame later. Right now, we got to take care of those who are hurting. And, and we have families that have lost loved ones. We have, you know, a, a state that has you know, lost a city. We have, you know, just a, a, a time of devastation where we need to pray for the people who are handling the, the problems and, and help if we can. Um, you know, just the, the disaster relief agencies are, are getting it public and private are getting into gear. Um, you've got, you know, I don't know what the population of that town is, but you have hundreds that are, have lost their homes. Um, let's say 2,200 buildings have been destroyed. Most of them homes, you know, and you know, they're way out in the middle of the Pacific. Luckily, the weather's good. <laughs> you know, tents might be sufficient. Um, but still, you got to house these people. you got to feed these people. And, and so we need to pray for and contribute to efforts to do that. Um, again, I want to, last week I read this colic from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer on In Times of Natural Disaster. I'm going to read that again this morning. Almighty God, by your word you, hit, you laid the foundations of the earth, set the bounds of the sea, and still the wind and the waves. Surround us with your grace and peace, and pre preserve us through this time of fire. By your Spirit, lift up those who have fallen. Strengthen those who work to rescue or rebuild. And fill us with the hope of your new creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And may I add, may the gospel be faithfully proclaimed to the people who have suffered this tragedy. Um, as... Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes says it's better to go to a, to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting because such is the end of all men and the wise take that to heart. Um, and I guess the, the, this is a good time to say this has not increased the earth's death toll because the death toll cannot exceed 100%, and that's where it is right now. Everybody's going to die. It just, for these 96 and the many more who have not been dis discovered, that time was last week in this fire. So, but, you know, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So if you have not done so, today is the day of salvation. Turn to Jesus Christ. Run to him. Cry out to him to save you from your sins and forgive you of your sins. Repent and believe the gospel and be saved. Because you may not have died in those fires last week, but you may die today. You will die someday. So repent and believe the gospel. Because a loving God has offered you a way out from the penalty of your sins because you are facing a death sentence you have sinned 
you have fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death. But there is a way out, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith alone, through grace alone, and Christ alone, you can be saved, you can be forgiven, you can be cleansed. Turn to him today. All right, let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And I did not pull up this week's colic. So, since I have, oops, <laughs> since I have my Book of Common Prayer here, let me find the colic for the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. So, give me just a minute to flip around here. There is an advantage to having it on the... Okay. Colics and occasional prayers. I go through Lent, through Easter. There's Pentecost. So we have proper 11. Proper 12. Here we go. Proper 14. The 11th Sunday after Pentecost. Almighty God. Give us the increase of faith, hope, and love, and that we may obtain what you have promised. Make us love what you command through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Now the colic for the renewal of life. O God, the King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, Drive far from us all wrong desires. Incline our hearts to keep your law and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. 
All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for the day. Um, I'm just going to look up real quick. Um, the, the title of the book is What About Evil? Um, it's a book I've recommended before. And in light of natural disasters and in light of moral evil, it's always a good resource. And so I would point you to that. Um, the problem with evil, or what about evil? Um, a Defense of God's Sovereign Glory by Scott. Get back to the cover. Why does it do that? Scott Christensen wrote it. Um, things shouldn't jump around like that. There we go. Back to the cover so I can see it. What About Evil? A Defense of God's Sovereign Glory by Scott Christensen. Um, I've recommended it before. Cannot recommend it enough. It is a thick book, but if you're struggling to understand, or, or better yet, struggling to accept God's sovereignty over uh, evil occurrences then this is a book that will help you grasp that. It's one of the best books on the subject, if not the best book on the subject I've ever read. And so I would point you to it. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for today. Sorry to, to be such a bummer, <laughs> but we're in the face of a natural disaster, and I think it's, it's incumbent upon us to face it unflinchingly, and to be in prayer about it. And so I would encourage you to do that. We'll be in Deuteronomy tomorrow. Uh, so we'll pick back up. Uh, did we finish chapter 14 last week? I'll have to look. We're either into chapter 14, beginning chapter 15. We're right in there in our study of Deuteronomy. All right, folks, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. In all things, be in prayer always. We'll see you again here tomorrow another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.